He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome aboard on this lovely Friday afternoon. It ain't raining, ladies and gentlemen, uh, but don't hold your breath because uh, it's going to rain. Uh, joining us on the phone right now, our good friend, Mr. Bowtie, Joey Solopec. Good afternoon, Joey. How you doing, my man? I'm good. It's good to be back. Went to Texas for a few days. Hot hot place there but actually it was really kind of cool the week we were there hot the day we left and hot the day we got there but the whole rest of the time was was not bad but uh the whole southern tier of states from the west coast to the east coast looks like it's going to be a a real burner over the next uh, week or maybe even more than that yeah we're we have been sweltering as everybody here knows and we're in that pattern where humidity and daytime heating gives us pop-up showers. In fact, I just got a call from someone off of uh, 385 who was in a downpour. Meanwhile, but the rest of us are seeing sunshine. Uh, but as we go into the weekend, Earl, there's actually a very brief break on the way. But what that means is probably some storms on Saturday uh, going into early Sunday. And I think by Monday we're going to feel little better, and I think that's going to last about 48 hours before it heats back up into that Texas zone again. Well, it is summertime, and you know, last summer was really not bad at all. And at the time, I said, this is not good, because if you get a, <laughs> if you, get a, 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 you know, a summer in Memphis and it's not bad, that means the next one's going to be bad. Right. And it's shaping. Yeah, you're always waiting for that shoe to drop. Yeah. In fact, anytime I get an extra five bucks, I know something's getting ready to break. You know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, the, the thing I wanted to really talk to you about is that like on Sunday, they're saying there's a good chance, uh, parts of the air could get as much as three inches with as much rain as we've had and as much debris that has been generated by it. Uh, I was thinking, you know, the people may, may not realize it, but if they don't pick up the garbage until Monday, I know that's where I live this Monday. That stuff's going to be sitting around the curbs and it might be a good idea to clear the, out of the gutter uh, for this weekend so that it doesn't cause flooding on your street because if the drains get stopped up, you get flooding. Yeah. You know, it's something to think about for everybody is a lot of us put our cans out anyway, even when there's been a holiday, which means they're sitting out there longer than normal, like you just pointed out. And so if you have a storm system come through, like we expect to see some pretty decent boomers this weekend, Uh, You don't want that getting knocked over and garbage all over the street and, like you said, gumming up your drain. So it's pretty easy to get a uh, some type of stretch cord to keep the lids down in case your garbage fell over. That's always something we do. It's always a good idea. But like you said, it it also would be pretty prudent to move it away from the curb if you can. You don't want to put it in the street. Um, But we are expecting a lot of water on and off Saturday into Sunday, and you're right that you're going to help yourself if you can kind of position all of that. So you're not creating a, a mess right in front of your house. Yeah. The other thing is everybody's talking about, these are record breaking temperatures, but how far do the records actually go back? Uh, you know, it doesn't go back to ancient times and back when even I was doing the weather as a novice, uh, young, uh, broadcaster, 
I, in the, the research I did that uh, we only we only go back what a hundred or more years that, that can look at what trends are. And when you looked at the age of the Earth, that really doesn't tell us a lot, does it? No, and that's a great point. I've talked about this for years. When someone says, you know, this is the hottest temperature in recorded history, well, we didn't really even start taking records of daily temperatures until about the time the uh, Declaration of Independence was being signed. And, and even then, it was rudimentary. So for, for uh, more organized and consistent data, like you said, we're talking 120, 140 years, somewhere in that ballpark. But let's just say 200 to be generous. You know, if that's recorded history, we're not taking into account the thousands of years before that. So it is a little misleading to say this is the coldest, temp- coldest temperature in recorded history. It'd be more accurate to say this is the coldest or hottest it's been in the last 150 years. Um, and, you know, the Earth and all of our climate goes through cyclical changes century after century. Um, and so we will, like you just said, if it's really cool last summer, we're in. We're going to have some heat coming up because the planet is constantly trying to reach equilibrium. So if you're too cool for some period of time, you've got to be too hot uh, following that up to get back to normal. You know, it really is brought home to me how old the Earth is when you go to someplace like uh, Yosemite or the Grand Canyon or, or Monument Valley. And look at the erosion that took place uh long before any of us were around because it hadn't right. changed in my lifetime a bit. And, uh, you look at how much had to happen before that, uh, all happened. And the fact that I grew up in the Permian basin in West Texas, which is a desert, but at one time it was an ocean. I was about to point that exact thing out as a lot of these deserts used to be oceans. And so when you start, you know, looking at the, the planet and, um, Everything it's been through, you know, we're just really little bugs on it. And I believe we, we need to be good stewards, but it's a complicated atmosphere. Um, and we're going to go through hot cycles, and I believe we'll be cold cycles. It's just a matter of time. Well, and and nothing big is going to happen anytime soon. I mean, no matter what we do, one way or the other. And in the climate people all saying we've got to do this, you got to do this. Uh, China's not going to do anything. India's not going to do anything. Africa is not going to do anything. And so we, we're only going to make, and we have made progress. I can remember when I moved here from Dallas in 79, at uh, sunset and sunrise, Dallas was orange because of the pollution. Right. So was L.A. Right. Um, and so we have made tremendous progress. And I'm not saying we can we can, we can stop now. I just don't think we need to get rid of all of our energy uh, resources that work now in hopes that uh that something else does in fact i'm going to do a story after we get through here talking about solar panels and the some of the pitfalls of those because uh they they want they're wanting to push us into uh, a, uh, a this new age of, uh, of of power and energy but i got to think it during this last outage we can't even keep the power on in memphis think about it if half the city were electric vehicles yeah. Well, and, and that's a big, big question mark, uh, not just for storms uh, in costs, but, you know, you think ahead to the new battles that are being fought globally. A lot of that is now uh, cyber attacks. Yep. And if 
if we lose a power grid, if we lose an information grid, we are talking about a uh, society that has the potential to come unhinged um, with just a little bit of uh, problem. So you're right, Earl. It's a complicated, complicated onion, man. And I mean, we're going to have to be careful about putting everything into one basket. And I agree. And, and I also say you should take as many precautions that you can take as possible. And one of those are generators, uh, standby generators. You, you can get the kind of little portable Hondas all the way up to ones that will run your entire home. And, and as you just said, not just because of power outages, because of storms, but uh, the threat of our grid going down. Uh, the one thing that has always sustained all of this uh, are natural gas uh, lines. Uh, those uh, those can be run fairly simply without the all the uh, electronics it takes to keep a power grid up, and uh, and last last time I heard I I don't remember the natural gas being interrupted in the city of Memphis under any condition. Do you? No, it it takes an earthquake I believe yeah. to really disrupt natural gas because it's buried underground, which is the opposite of our power lines, of course. Yep. And I think I've heard more discussion. Uh, in the entire community about generators over the last four weeks than I have in 20 years because of so much disruption. And I've, I've had a lot of questions posed my way. And honestly, while I would love to see Memphis's power infrastructure fixed and underground, the reality is that's probably never going to happen because I don't think our political leaders uh, will uh, – forward something that may get them voted out of office because you're going to have to raise an MLGNW bill. Mm -hmm. So as people are asking me what my opinion is, generators and gas power generators in particular, natural gas, are going to be a wise investment. I wish the price points were better. They're extremely expensive, but we are going to continue losing power in Memphis. There's no doubt about it. I don't see an easy solution to that. And I'm hoping that we can see some competition in the uh, natural gas generator department so more people can get those installed. It just makes sense. Well, uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they had uh, a, one of those little uh, generators that you pull, cranked it like an old lawnmower, and they'd had it for several years. They get it out and uh, work great the last time. They get it out to use it this time, and the rope on the generator breaks because, you know, they dry rot. And, right. and so uh, they got a generator from a friend, that has an electric ignition. You don't crank it. You just take a key and turn it on. <laughs> and right, right. it runs on propane or gasoline, which is another advantage to that because you can store up several tanks of propane that don't dissipate and it doesn't go bad. And it's not dangerous like having several cans of gasoline sitting in the garage. Uh, so they are making advances. But if you look at investments that will behoove you during crisis times, a generator, to me, ranks right up there. I mean, if I was had a choice between building a swimming pool and buying a really good generator for my home, I'd get the generator. Oh, I, I would, too. And I'll tell you this. A lot of people don't consider when you need it, your power goes out when weather is either sweltering hot or miserably cold. cold it, yeah. it, right. Your, your power goes out when there are storms, and storms occur when you have hot and cold air clashing, which means it's either going to be hot and humid to the nth degree, or it's going to be dangerously cold. That's when you lose power. You don't lose power when it's 78 degrees or, you know, sunny and 65. <laughs> the balmy days, it never goes out. Right. 
Well, I, I just think it's uh, worth taking a look at. I'm going to be talking more about generators and solar panels in this segment, but I wanted to start off with you, Joey, because uh, you've been doing this a long time. You know what you're doing. The one thing I always liked about you, and we discussed it when we worked together at Fox 13, is that you never hyped it. Not in even, and we, you and I both know the pressure they put on everybody to hype everything uh, at yeah. Fox 13 during the day. In fact, I had a hat. It was a Fox hat. It said uh, Fox, and it said no spin zone. And the news director that we got that was there just before I left said, don't wear that hat anymore. I said, are we spinning now? <laughs> you know, I, that's funny. I had a no hype weather and I was told to destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we both stuck to our guns and I'm proud of it. And, uh, you know, it's just the only thing you really have is your reputation and that you take right. with you wherever you go. And, uh, right. and we always did. And we never succumbed to the pressures and I, I try to tell young people coming into the business, man, you know, stick to your guns. Uh, they can't make you do anything that you're putting your name on. And uh, and sometimes it just uh, boils down to maybe it's time to move on to something else. And that's kind of what we both did. So uh, completely agree. I always appreciate you, Joey. And uh, you have a wonderful uh, vacation. Have y'all gone out of town yet for vacation? No, no. My vacation is uh, sitting at home with Netflix. <laughs> Well, that's my after vacation. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you stay safe and we'll talk soon. Take care, man. All right. Enjoy solar pack. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, we're going to talk solar panels and generators. Uh, So stay with us. Welcome back on a uh, Friday afternoon. It's not raining right now. I did look at radar earlier, and uh, there were some cells moving uh, toward the northeast uh, from Arkansas. Uh, but they look like they've kind of just uh, separated, and and even the future cast radar showed some um, some cells popping up over Collierville. That looks like it's now out of the picture. But just keep in mind, at this time of year, they can pop up anywhere, anytime it looked like. It actually rained on Poplar in Germantown when I was headed to the station a while ago, but wasn't raining then. And uh, so just be aware that it can pop up. But right now I'm looking at uh, traffic and SIG alert, and I'm not seeing any accidents anywhere, all green and all the highways and byways. And uh, so that's going good. Right now there are still uh, 1,496 of our fellow citizens in Shelby County that are without power. And some of those poor souls have been without power a a week ago Sunday. So it's fast approaching what it was like during Hurricane Elvis as far as people being without power. And uh, Our thoughts and prayers are certainly with all of you. I know that MLGW, people dog them all the time, but I'm telling you they do an incredible job. And and you look at uh, what they were up against, uh, three big, huge storms, uh, one right after another. It's like fighting a battle. And uh, I've covered it uh, for many years. I've been out on the scene with them, watching them work and following them around. And uh, it is a tough job. It's a dangerous job. And they work it in all conditions. It's like Joey said, uh, outages never happen on balmy days. So that means uh, the line workers, those guys up in the buckets and the guys down on the ground. And they're all out there in all kinds of weather in the weather. They're not just sitting in their trucks and watching it rain. 
they're out there trying to do their job under extreme conditions. So keep that in mind. And I know people get upset and angry and, and want to blame somebody, but you know, sometimes there's just nobody to blame. It's just, uh, that's, that's the way it is. Uh, which is why in the next segment, I don't really have time to get into it in this segment. Uh, we're running a little short of time, uh, but we're going to talk about uh, standby generators and solar power. Uh, but I uh, still amazed the story about the cocaine in the White House. Uh, Republicans have now opened an investigation into cocaine found in the White House. And I think it's interesting that they're saying the, the, uh, Secret Service seems stumped over it. They uh, they can't uh, seem to figure it out. Uh, and uh, where is it? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, MSNBC saying it's hard to believe Secret Service can't figure out cocaine situation. What's there to figure out? You find a baggie of cocaine in there. That meant somebody came and brought it in. There wasn't some little mouse like, uh, you know, Stuart C. Little that was just dropped his bag of Coke up in the White House. And there's some people who are saying the Coke was actually near where Vice President Harris is parked. I don't know what that means. Let's take a listen to that song about It's uh, number four. Kelly, the big change is where this was found. It was found, um, by my observation, in a much more secure place, limited access place, than that West Wing reception area. It's still a publicly trafficked, a frequently trafficked place, but... It's down near the Situation Room, right off West Executive, down below. And normal people, just average people, just can't get in there, even with the entry from the Northwest Gate. Well, let me let me bring you up to date with the reporting that I have. What we have learned is that there are, in fact, two West Wing entrances. You know that. I know that. But for the benefit of our audience. And now the investigation has progressed. And so they're saying the West executive entrance, which, as you noted, is closer to the Situation Room and closer uh, to uh, the Navy mess where there's the facilities for food and so forth. It is uh, also next to West Executive Drive. That's where, for example, the vice president's vehicle is parked. Speaking of that, I, yesterday I brought it up. I said, you know, uh, if you want to go along with the conspiracy theories and, you know, uh, there's a lot of talk about them trying to figure out how they can get rid of Kamala before the uh, the uh, reelection process t- takes place because she's the vice president. The natural thing is if anything happened to Joe, she would step into the top spot and she would be running as the presidential candidate. And apparently the Democrats ain't big on that idea at all. And, uh, but then when you listened and what my conspiracy theory was that they might have dropped the bag on there, gotten her, somehow gotten her fingerprints and, uh, and, uh, her DNA. <laughs> and this is a far reach, I know. But if you listen to Kamala, who's gone on another confusing speech, uh, about feeling the moment, you might think she might be on some, listen to this. It's uh number four. I'm sorry. Number three. Well, I think culture is, it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And, and, and present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment. And, and we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection of joy because, you know, it comes in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> We have to find ways to also express. 
Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and uh, welcome back. Uh, uh, we were right in the middle of a soundbite uh, with Kamala Harris, and I was saying that, uh, you know, possibly she, she could be on something if you listen to her dialogue. Uh, and we got it cut short because we had a hard break, but we're going to listen to the, the whole thing again. Here's Kamala uh, going on a rather confusing speech about feeling the moment. Well, I think culture is, it, it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And, and, and present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment. And... And we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection of joy because, you know, it comes in the morning. (laughs) We have to find ways to also express the way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language and, and, and a connection to how people are experiencing life. And I think about it in that way, too. Okay. Okay, so there's a Kamala. I mean, it's clear the Democrats do not want her uh, in the race for the White House. I mean, it's going to be hard enough to uh, to get anybody in, in, in that team elected. Uh, but Kamala, I mean, even watching Joe stumble around and and with all the things that are coming out about uh, investments and LLCs and money laundering and meetings with the Chinese and the Ukrainians and and all these other people. But I did think it was interesting that um, MSNBC is saying, it's hard to believe the Secret Service, so this is MSNBC, I can't figure out uh, the cocaine situation. Here's cut 12. Bag of cocaine that was found in the building behind you a few days ago, an investigation by the Secret Service. NBC News has some new reporting about where the bag was found, uh, contrary to where it had been reported to have been found. But the investigation continues, and we may not, it sounds like, have an answer who it belongs to. No, I think that's right. That You know, the location of this is really important because it tells us um, as reporters and as people who know how this kind of White House looks and who goes where, who are the people who might have had access, right? You heard the White House continuing to talk about how the area in which it was found, um, though that's changed a little bit, um, was in a highly, an area that um, has a lot of foot traffic. Um, and this idea that there's the Secret Service is handling this, the White House has said, we're not talking about this um that you're looking at this map here this the west wing um the, the kind of in the basement of the west wing as opposed to all these other areas that we've heard um and we have been told political by secret service folks for days that we may never know who is the person who left this behind dropped it it fell out their bag threw it away whatever the case may be um which you know you, you talk to folks used to work in the white house they find that a little hard to believe there are a lot of cameras everywhere in this white house um, and so they're, they're hopeful that that cleans it up. But this is not a White House that wants to have any conversation about um, cocaine, where it was, for obvious reasons. It's not a good look for any White House, but especially um, this one with all the conspiracy theories that are surrounding um, this issue and the cocaine get, I guess, is, as some folks have been calling it online. As you say, lots of cameras in that building. Hard to believe they can't track down who it belongs to, but we will see. Uh, I like that. Even MSNBC at the end of it had to say all these other conspiracy theories. 
I mean, they're not conspiracy theories. They're, they're, these are stories that are coming out. These are uh, facts about uh, things that are happening. And it, as a fact that the, a bag of cocaine was found in the White House, it's interesting, though, that uh, they find it and they say where it was found. Then they backtrack on that. Then they backtrack and they say at first, you know, we're going to get DNA, going to get fingerprints. Now they're not talking about that. They're just saying we may never know where this cocaine came from. When was the last time we heard somebody say something similar to that? And that was in the uh, leak on the uh, Supreme Court and abortion uh, that that leaked out that uh, they were going to vote uh, as they did. And they said, we're going to investigate. There's only so many people, even fewer people work in the Supreme Court building than work in the West Wing. And so you count out the justices. Uh, and then so then you have their uh, their. They're not aides. They're uh, court clerks that work for the justices. And uh, there's only just, I think, two to each justice. So, you know, we're talking less than 30 people. And so you'd think that there would be an easy way to do that. It's called a lie detector test. It's called uh, just sit down and look them in the eye and ask them, did you have anything to do with this leak? And then you say, give me your cell phone. And do you have any other cell phones? And we want your laptop as well. And that's how you conduct that uh, investigation. But we never heard another word from it. And finally they said, uh, we're just unable to determine, <laughs> determine where this leaked from. Uh, which is always interesting. Whenever they say, yeah, we, we cannot determine. There are two things going on when, when the government tells you they can't determine something. One is they're either totally incompetent or B is they don't want to, they found out what they were looking for. They found out who it was and who did it and, and uh, could supply evidence. But uh, somebody's told them, no, we're not, that ain't getting out. And so then they say, uh, we're able, unable to be forth any conclusive evidence as to who this is. And we're just not going to say anything. And then it just goes away. And it happens time after time after time. And the people want to know why that uh, there's so many people that distrust the, uh, uh, the the government. It's because they lie. And to get this, if you're on if you're on the floor of the uh, of the Senate and you get up and lie, there's nothing they can do to you. You can lie, you look at uh, all the people that lied during the impeachment hearings. They got up there and just told bold-faced lies, and nothing's happened to them. Uh, and if you do call them back and say you're, uh, you know, uh, you, you didn't answer our subpoena, you, you're in violation of that. Uh, and uh, like Eric Holder, they held him in contempt, and he just said, I don't care. Because guess who goes after somebody that uh, is in contempt? The Department of Justice. He was head of the Department of Justice. I'm sure they had a meeting with something like this. Uh, okay, everybody, uh, I got this subpoena. I'm not going to answer it, and uh, they're going to hold me in contempt, but we're not going to do anything. Next question. <laughs> well, he's your boss. What are you going to say? Uh, but to that end, I think this is kind of interesting. Uh, the missing Hunter Biden witness comes forward in the video statement accusing the Bidens of corruption and the DOJ of a cover-up. Now, this guy was an American-Israeli energy expert. His name is Gal Luft. And he accused the Department of Justice of maliciously targeting him to protect President Joe Biden. Now, this was in a, a Wednesday uh, testimonial that he gave. 
And uh, left has been the missing witness of White House Republicans' investigations of the Biden family's business dealings for months. Now, what everybody thought was that somebody killed him or they got him under wraps. And, and if they did ever bring him forward, that uh, he's not going to tell them anything. Uh, but that's not the case. Uh, it says that Luft, who spends most of his time in Israel, offered to meet with the DOJ in 2019 to hand over evidence and information from Hunter Biden's dealings with the CEFC. Luft advised the now-defunct Chinese uh, company and the White House. The team included the DOJ prosecutors in the Southern District of New York, Daniel Rickenhall. And uh, so it says that in addition to Hunter dealings with the CEFC, Love said he also told the DOJ about a mole close to the FBI that was informing on its activities to the Biden fam- on the Biden family. The mole, Love said, he learned from CEFC executives had a very destructive physical appearance, a very distinctive physical appearance, and related his nickname to One Eye. <laughs> that should be tough to track down. That's uh. You know, how many people are going around with an eye patch? Um, and it said left uh, said he was arrested in Cyprus in February and was awaiting possible extradition to the United States when he escaped, is now hiding in uh, hiding from U.S. authorities in an undisclosed location. He said, when I was detained in Cyprus, I was portrayed as the international media as an arms dealer, although even though I've never traded a bullet in my life. But that's what they do. They just come up with some excuse and say that this is what we're looking for. I mean, who's going to dispute it? I mean, there's the you know, the CIA, the FBI, the DOJ. Uh, he, energy expert was also charged under the Foreign Agents Registration Act, FARA, F-A-R-A, which you have to do if you're going to do business uh, representing another country, sort of like what Hunter did with all these other companies, the Chinese, the Ukrainians, and yet he never registered. But... They never went after him, uh, but he said for ghostwriting an article published in a Chinese newspaper under former CIA head James Wolseley's name, the indictment says Love caused $6,000 uh, $6, payment from the CEFC to Woosley over the article. And it said nowhere in the indictment the DOJ mentioned the well-known fact that Mr. Woosley had been an advisor to my think tank since 2002 and that there was nothing in the article that represented a Chinese interest. To the contrary, the notion that I, Gal Luff, spoon-fed a CIA director with policy proposals on China, treating him like a useful idiot, and not only an insult to the intelligence community, it's an insult to the intelligence of every American, Luff said. But they treat us that way all the time. They think that we're sitting out here going, I wonder what's going on. In most cases, it's very obvious what's going on. You sit there and go, how many times do you say this? Surely that's not happening. Yeah, well, surely it is. Uh, I said, let me see what happened in Brussels. Why not? What are you trying to protect anything from? Are you trying to protect anybody, Love said? Love said he is speaking out now after being silent about what he knew for years because he does not believe he will receive a fair trial in New York. No kidding. I do not have faith that I'd receive a fair trial in New York court, he said, or Washington, D.C., or Chicago, or any place else where Democrats are in charge. The very same prosecutor who is now after me, Daniel Reichenthal, told the judge at the time that men, uh, mentioning his name to Biden would, quote, add a political dimension to the case. And the judge agreed. Love said, 
which means that I'm, if I'm ever brought before a U.S. court, I would not be allowed to utter the word Brussels or Biden. The real context of my arrest, me being a patient zero of the Biden family's investigation, will be hidden from the jury. And it would be. They'd say that's inadmissible. And so, you know, they wonder why we don't trust them. It's because we don't trust them. And uh, so there you are. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back, uh, and we'll uh, talk more on the investigation that is cranking up on the coke. And welcome back. Now, the uh, even though they say they're probably not going to ever be able to find out who dropped the bag of uh, coke in the White House, uh, the House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer wants a staff-level briefing on the illicit discovery by July 14th, he says in a letter. Um, let's see. He blasted the illicit discovery as shameful moment for the White House, but they know no shame. I mean... Uh, I saw a video yesterday of Hunter on the balcony of the White House during the 4th of July celebration, and he's he's acting very erratically. He's pushing his hair back on his head and moving very rapidly and, and kind of just jumping all over the place. And his uh, ex-wife and his some of his children are up there. Jill Biden, Dr. Biden, was up there. And uh, then he, all of a sudden he bends over behind her, and goes out of sight, and then as he comes back up, you can see him kind of, kind of clean off the old snout there, uh, a well-known coke user trick, uh, and and it, you can see Jill's face; she looked like she was really mad. I mean, she's probably going, "I told you, don't do that in public anymore," but you never listen to me. Uh, but the, the, they're blasting the illicit discovery of shameful bone for the White House and a letter to Secret Service Director Kim. Keetle, uh, the demanding staff level briefing in the matter of the next week. This alarming development requires the committee to assess the White House security practices and determine whose failures led to the uh, evacuation of the building and finding of illegal substance, Comer wrote, adding that his committee would need additional information. We need, we would all like additional information, but uh, you know what? Uh, if we get it, it's going to be because they want us to get it. Keep that in mind. What the White House lets out is what they want you to have. The rest of the time, it's under investigation. Well, look how long Hunter's uh, laptop's been under investigation since 2019. And what's there to investigate? Is that Hunter in the picture, naked, smoking crack with a hooker? Well, I believe it is. Um, but the presence of illegal drugs in the White House is unacceptable and a shameful moment in the White House's history, the top Republican wrote. The incident has raised additional concerns with the committee regarding the level of security maintained in the White House. In order to assist the committee with this investigation, uh, please provide a staff-level briefing on this matter by the 14th. And uh, and they say, I saw somebody else say that it couldn't have been Hunter's because he was out of town when it was found. Listen, have you ever known anybody that was strung out on drugs? These are not detail-oriented individuals. I mean, they do stuff all the time that are just typical for people that are addicted to drugs or on drugs. They lose stuff. They lose their drugs. They lose their money. They lose their car keys. It's because they're always messed up. 
And do you think you think Hunter's on top of things? I mean, that scene of him on the balcony on the Fourth of July. I mean, it's like, you know, it's uh, if you've ever been around people that were on coke, you know exactly what I'm talking about, how they act, and it, and and, and um, I was talking to my sister. She said, "Well, I've never been around anybody on drugs." I said, well, lucky you. She was in the banking business, and uh, and evidently it's a lot cleaner there than it is uh, in the rest of the world. Because I I own some restaurants and. You could you got to where you could pick out uh, which one of your employees were uh, doing drugs and who wasn't, and uh, you know, it's just uh, it ain't hard to detect. Uh, but there have been conflicting reports about where the cocaine was found. We played you some of that earlier. When the news first broke, it was alleged the substance had been found in the White House library. <laughs> then the press secretary uh, Corinne Jean Pierre told reporters that it was in a heavily traveled part of the West Wing. That way it's like hordes of people from the outside world were pouring by like they come through the border in Mexico. That's kind of the image I was getting. Uh, multiple outlets reported on Thursday that it was found near the West Executive Entrance, a more secure location than previously thought. Yeah, because only people who get to go through there are people who are guests of the uh, executive offices, and they all have to sign in, and they all are known, and they all have to be issued badges. And uh, the Secret Service is currently investigating the incident, which the White House said occurred while President Biden and his family were way at Camp David. So they're all innocent. Uh, we'll see. We'll be back right after this. He grew up in the oil fields of West Texas. He's been all over the Western Hemisphere, a radio and TV veteran, former restaurateur, and a cowboy at heart. He's Earl Farrell, and he calls Memphis home because Memphis is cool. This This is the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. And now, here's your host, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much, and welcome back on uh, this, as it turns out right now at least, a sunny afternoon here in East Memphis. Uh, I did see a pop-up shower moving over Collierville. Uh, it was about uh, 3.50, and it's already gone now. Uh, an isolated shower, but it looked pretty intense. Uh, red with a, a pretty orange or uh, yellow circle around it. So uh, some of these fronts, at least on radar, look kind of nice, but that's probably as good as it gets. Nobody I know of right now is looking forward. And then, as you heard in Jim Miller's news just a moment ago, that uh, Saturday's now called partly cloudy. Uh, and it didn't mention rain at all, so hopefully that will be the case. You also heard he mention uh, those uh, wind turbines uh, and solar panels and things are going on down in Mississippi. Uh, I talked with somebody today in Texas who had purchased solar panels for their home about four years ago and that uh, they ended up uh, selling their house and moving. So they had them removed from the house. Not that they ever worked. And that was the problem they had is they had them installed. And and back then, I I don't know what they paid for them, but they spent 29, they borrowed 29,000 or had financed $29,000 to save money, right? Still knocking on my head for that one. Okay, let me see. 29 grand, and it'll save you power. And, and they tell you that if you're producing more power than you use, then you, it goes into the grid and you get paid for it. 
So your meter reader will actually read how much uh, you're contributing, and they I think they deduct it from your bill. They don't send you a check, which is a good thing if it works. Uh, but apparently this company that uh, this young woman bought these uh, solar panels from would call them and say they're not working, we're not getting any juice out of this thing, uh, what's going on? Never could get any satisfaction, but she was paying for them, and they sold the house, so she had them taken down and put in storage. So she now is storing them at $200 uh, a month in a storage bin, and she's tried to sell them, but whatever she paid for them, uh, they're now selling for like 50 bucks a piece, which is way lower than what she paid for them. And, um, and so she, she was trying to figure out what they could possibly do. And so went and looked at their contract to see if what recourse they had. In fact, they even called the better business bureau there in Texas and said, do you have any complaints against this company? They said, no, they have a B rating. I said, well, have there been complaints? Oh yes, there's been a lot of complaints, but they always respond. And then we have the better business bureau come on here every week. Uh, Randy Hutchison and, uh, Daniel Irwin come in and talk about, what's going on out there, what we should be uh, looking at. And I've asked him before, how do you rate these folks uh, that are members of the of the Better Business Bureau, and if they get complaints against them, how do you rectify it? How do you keep them in good standing? And he said, well, if you respond timely that you're working on the problem, um, we, we don't do anything. We, we say uh, they responded to our concerns and said this is what they were doing. But they it, apparently this company, what they would do is they would respond to the Better Business Bureau and then do nothing. <laughs> so, and then they go bankrupt. But you financed it at, uh, with a third party, and uh, this one did. And as it turns out, that's what a lot of people there in that part of the world were doing. So it turns out these were rather unscrupulous solar panel companies. And the contract in it, it says if you ever... Uh, take those panels off or work on them anyway other than those their people your uh, your contract with them with the finance company will become null and void in other words you're in violation of your loan agreement and that uh, you now uh, they can demand full payment immediately 29 grand and so uh, at this point I think they're going to contact a lawyer so here's my advice on on the solar panels Check with the Better Business Bureau the first uh, before you buy from anybody. Also, uh, check and see. Uh, just look, Google them, see if there's been any reviews by individuals. Check with the Better Business Bureau, and when you check with the Better Business Bureau, just say, "Have there been a lot of complaints?" and and then, how are they handled? Do they do they have a B rating? Because this company had a B rating, which means almost A, almost perfect, and yet they were scoundrels, and so. Just be very, very careful. Apparently, the solar panel business is rife with uh, with uh, shenanigans. And so what they think was going on with this company is it was somehow hooked up to the finance company. And that's where they made all their money because they sure did. Once they sold them, they didn't uh, service them, and they couldn't get them on the phone. And so then the finance company would say, hey, in the contract, you pay us whether they work or not. Uh, that's not part of our agreement. And if you look at the fine print, you'll see it there. And uh, so, you know, they could be in a real pickle. Uh, there's some things you can't uh, get out of. I think solar panels, if you go bankrupt, you can get out of solar panels. because that's. Uh, uh, but 
there are things you can't. Healthcare you cannot get out of. I don't think you can uh, bankrupt your way out of uh, student loans. And uh, there, you cannot bankrupt yourself out of owing in taxes to the state or to the federal government. Uh, I do think uh, medical bills probably hurts more people than anything else because by no fault of your own, you have to go into the hospital and for any reason your insurance company doesn't pay. Uh, they, you're on the hook for it for, and, and for what, even if they pay a lot of it, but they don't pay all of it, you're on the hook for that. I know a few years ago, uh, uh, more than a few, he was a little kid then. My son's 34 now, but he went to the hospital. I was covering a hurricane down in Florida and, uh, he had an asthma attack because he had asthma and he, uh, was, they took him to Le Bonner. And, uh, Le Bonner did a great job, but the, the insurance company said, this is when I was at Channel 5, said they weren't going to pay because there was a pre-existing condition. He had pneumonia. And I said, pneumonia is not a pre-existing condition. And they said, no, but asthma is. Uh, really? So, but how do we know that asthma caused the pneumonia? You don't. Anyway, we owed about uh, $15,000. And so, you, and this is what you do. You set up a payment plan with the hospital. And uh, then you make sure you never miss a payment because a couple of years, maybe it's five or six years after we've been paying on it, they uh, sent us a letter saying that our uh, debt had been sold to somebody else, which happens a lot. You'd be surprised, especially if uh, you're pretty good um, payment because that's high credit debt. That makes any sense to you. And uh, they said they wanted their money in full, which they can, they can do. And we said, Wait a minute. We got a letter of agreement with the with the Lebonner that said as long as we were never late on a payment, which we're not. In fact, we were about a year ahead in payments that uh, you could not uh, ever demand payment. We're not in violation of the agreement. So he says the letter says, "Okay, all right." But believe me, they would have nailed us to the wall like a, a bear skin if they could have gotten away with it. Finance companies are finance companies. That's what they do. They're not your friend. Uh, I suggested for this woman out in Texas with the solar panels, if that many people have been uh, shafted by this company, even if they go bankrupt, you might be able to find a way to get back to the finance company, especially if you can tie the two together, which usually happens because criminals uh, do have a way of of, uh, having uh, their pals in the the criminal business with them. I mean, really, when you think about what – legitimate finance company would knowingly do business with a bunch of criminals selling solar panels that doesn't work except a crooked finance company. But believe me, they're out there. Now, uh, solar windmills or uh, uh, windmills that uh, generate electric power, uh, they've had them for some time out in Texas, and especially out that I haven't been back there since they started building them because uh, but I have people out there that tell me, and, and what happens is these windmills don't have a long uh, shelf life. They work for a while, and uh, and they, they carry about 60 gallons of oil in there, and they all leak, and they only work for so long, and then they stop working, and it's not worth it to try to fix them, so they just abandon them. And some of these ranchers and people out there that had land that didn't have oil on it and didn't really have anything else going for it, now they were making money from these uh, wind farms. And uh, so part of the deal is that uh, they don't dismantle them and take them away. That if they, at the time they become inoperable, they just abandon them and it's the landowner's responsibility to take care of it. 
So now as you drive across Texas, you see these wind farms with some old, decrepit, brown, and black-looking uh, windmills with some of the blades broken off. And then uh, you see new ones right next to it where they built new ones and brought them in. And so it's just it's it's another get rich scheme because the the companies that that manufacture the the windmills the and the towers and erect all that stuff they all get their money, and then the windmills only generate when the wind's blowing and it can't store anything, and so at the end of the lives they just walk off and leave it and it's up to the rancher farmer landowner to haul that junk away, and I don't think any of it can be recycled. And so, uh, and then now we're finding out on the East coast that all these whales are washing up on the shore of uh, the East coast, uh, with these big slices in their back and they're coming up and getting hit by these windmills that, uh, as the whales, uh, swim along the surface, they also have real psychological problems because these windmills are not silent. I've talked to people that live near them and have been out there and it's just, And if you got like 40 or 50 and multiply that and they're not all in unison. So it's just and very disturbing. And you can imagine what that does to the wildlife. Of course, none of that, uh, you're not hearing anything from the uh, nature people on that. You're starting to on the whales because there are a lot of people that really love whales and seeing this happening there. In fact, get this, the government, the EPA came out and said that fishing vessels could not go any faster than 20 miles an hour. I don't think you go, that's got to be like 10 miles an hour. They, they do it in knots, but very low speed, up to 20 miles out from the coast because they don't want to disturb the, um, the native fish and life, life under the ocean. And yet they put these windmills up that generate horrible sounds all the time. And, uh, and the fishing industry is going to be devastated because you, you got to be able to get out fish and get it back in without it going bad on you. And if you're going five or 10 miles an hour, that becomes impossible. So you got the EPA doing overreacting in some areas and way underreacting in other ways. But I'm not a big believer of the windmills. Uh, I think it's way overkill. I don't think that they, they do what they say they're going to do. I don't think there are all these people that have solar panels that thought they would come in and, and it would cut their monthly bills um, tremendously. I'll tell you what does work. I'll talk to all these people that are buying homes now and the insulation and the HVACs and the underground uh, coolers or or heat inverters. uh, There's all kinds of way that uh, I know I have a really good friend, uh, Steve Bradshaw used to live over near me on Frank road in Carville. He bought a new house uh, further South and, Shea, the Shea uh, industry, or Shea neighborhoods over there, farms. And uh, it is so well insulated. He used to pay like three or four, $500 a month, depending on how cold or hot it is, on his house off of Frank Road. He now put, never pays more than 100 bucks, And that, to me, makes sense. You've got insulated windows. You've got insulated walls. You've got insulated ceilings. Much better HVAC. And that does work. It's proven it works invest in that kind of stuff and uh and really check out the solar panels before you buy because you know all this stuff when it comes out it sounds great everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon but in reality nah, it's like anything else uh 
the first in or the first ones to get gypped. And the rest of us sit there and go, woo! All right, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. Come on, let's get happy. It is Friday, you know. Used to be this guy named Ron Chapman uh, that uh, ended up owning KRLD Radio in Dallas. And every day at about 3.30, he would play um, uh, this song, uh, Mac the Knife, by Bob uh, Bobby Darren. And it was such a happy song. Oh, that heat beat has a deep beat. And he would get all the all the office workers, all right, stand up right at your desk, and everybody start putting their arms up in the air and waving around, and let's all get pumped up where it's Friday afternoon and you're getting ready to get off. You don't want to go into getting off time all, you know, bummed out and uh, tired for the afternoon. So get a cup of coffee. Let's do some exercise by the desk and get some air in you and uh, get going. And it, it, you drive along the car, you would sit there and hear that song. And go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back. I'm coming back. So we're going to get that song by Bobby Darren, and we're going to we're going to play that. So start doing that on Friday afternoon to get everybody. Pumped. We may do it every day just to get everybody kind of pumped up for the rest of the afternoon. Uh, some traffic right now. We've got an accident I-40 West at Smith Avenue. That's exit 2 and I, I-240 coming into downtown. And another one at Ridgeway and 385. There's an accident at Ridgeway and 385 just about every day. I would avoid that area if at all possible. And, you know, we were talking about uh, tipping the other day that just about everywhere you go, people got tip jars down there. I mean, places you never used to, used to see it. You go to, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, get your tires fixed, and, and you pay that with a credit card, but there's a little jar there. I'm going, who does this money go to? And you see it all kinds of to-go places, uh, to-go food. But this happened, a DoorDash driver uh, got fired after a video showed him cursing out uh, the mother, nice house for a $5 tip. I didn't actually hear him, but I didn't hear the whole video, but he was on like a door ring security camera. And a Texas homeowner who was... Uh, Caught the whole thing on door. It was a DoorDash delivery driver. It wasn't the pizza company, but it was a DoorDash driver. Uh, said, "Hey, you know, after she he gave her the pizza, she gave him the money for the pizza. He canceled, it, and he goes, hey, nice tip for such a nice house.' And believe me, in Texas, he got some really nice houses. Uh, but uh, she said, just be kind because you don't know what somebody's going through.' She talked to WFATB. That's the ABC affiliate there in Dallas. And her name is uh, Lacey Percival. And she told Steve Ducey, this all went all the way to the network, uh, Thursday, explaining that her $5 tip amounted to 22% of the total order. Now, when did you ever tap 20 or more than 20% for a delivery? They didn't make it. All they're doing is take it, and they're getting paid by the delivery service. And if you give them a tip, that's on top of everything else. But she said she's been ordering food through the app while she and her husband have been recovering from a car accident in recent months. And not only that, just because they're living in a good house, a nice house, doesn't mean that things are going well for them. What happens to you before you get uh, evicted or have to sell your house because you've lost your jobs, had an accident, couldn't work? So he has no idea what their situation is. I've owned restaurants, and that was the one thing I always told on my employees that there are so many people that over tip, and I'm talking 30, 40% on stuff. 
And then you're going to have people that, for whatever reason, don't tip you very much. Do not react to it. Don't say anything because you never know what somebody's going through. I actually had a bartender who I love, still do to this day, and uh, she had this guy came in when I had sleepouts downtown. And he he stayed, came in there about the middle of the afternoon, stayed through half the hour, and ran up about a I don't know seventy five dollar bill, and so he paid it. And after she looked down to see how much she had left, it was like you know thirty nine cents. <laughs> I happened to be coming into the main dining room just as I saw her do this. He was walking out the front door. I saw her grab that change. He goes, "Hey!" And she threw it at him and hit him in the back and said, "You need it more than I do. Keep it." And it hit him in the back, and I went, oh, man. And so he just never even turned around and walked out the door. And I went up to her and I said, now you know what my deal on that is. She goes, I'm sorry, but that was just rude. And I said, well, he's obviously got a problem. He came in here at lunch, and he kept drinking through happy hours. So, you know, don't you think he's probably got enough problems without getting hit in the back of the head by an irate bartender? <laughs> she goes, well, possibly. Anyway, this lady tipped him $5 on her pizza order, but that apparently wasn't enough for the angry driver. Uh, it's all caught on home surveillance, and I'll, I'll play the uh, audio for you when we come back from break. You won't believe it. Now, back to the Earl Farrell for Memphis show, brought to you by Southern Security, your home team credit union, and by Kathy Thurman Edwards State Farm Insurance. Once again, Earl Farrell. And thank you very much. Uh, welcome back on this uh, Friday afternoon. Join me in the studio is uh, Randy Wright with the Dive Shop. And I wanted to come in and talk about uh, travel because they have a travel agency as part of uh, the Dive Shop. Uh, I did want to finish up on the story we are talking about. And welcome to the show. Yeah, Randy. absolutely. Glad to be here. I uh, did want to finish up on this uh, DoorDash driver who uh, was not happy with his tip. We've got a audio clip uh, that was recorded on their doorbell ringer that is making the rounds of national television, local television, and now my show. And then here it is. Hi. Hello. Come here, Matt. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I just want to say it's a nice house for a five dollar tip. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> God bless her, you know, because yeah. somebody else might have been like my my bartender at Sleepouts and and said, "Not only that, get off my property." Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a twenty dollar pizza. That's a twenty five percent tip. Yes. Okay, that's not a bad tip, regardless of how big a house you live in. Uh, well, he was fired for it. And uh, now it's making national rounds. So yeah. it's, uh, and you know, the thing about it is uh, he probably had been over tipped by all those people so much that when he actually got a tip that was actually worth what he did, well, that he I, wasn't happy. You know, with. there may be somebody in the hospital in that household that may be why they're ordering pizza. You never know. Well, it said that they had both been recovering from an automobile accident that they were in. There you go. And so, you know, they haven't been working and you don't know whether the, there are a lot of people that work uh, strictly off of what they bring in. Well, I mean, I if you look at the numbers, I I read something the other day where over sixty percent of the people in the, in America are living paycheck to yeah. paycheck. So, it, you know, it, five bucks, twenty five percent tips a hot tip. Well, and they were ordering a pizza for a reason. Yeah, you know, I said, okay, we can afford twenty bucks tonight. 
I'm picking up a pizza on the way home, as a matter of fact. It's my, yeah. my ritual for Friday nights. And uh, it's a good deal. That's why so many people order pizza because sure. it, it's a great meal. It, you can, uh, it's not too expensive. And you feel satisfied during and after. You go, yeah, well, that was, that and was a good. cold slice in the morning is pretty good breakfast, too. And, and I do that as well. And the <laughs> lunch the next day. So a pizza is a three-meal deal. <laughs> That's a good thing. Uh, but I did want to talk to you. Well, first of all, you, you were down on the coast. You and your lovely wife went down. Last well, week. we're actually leaving on Monday. Oh, it's this yeah, Monday you're going. This coming okay. Monday, yeah. So, and you, you're going to be going to, not, you're going, are you going to New Orleans as well? Or? No, no, no. We're going to fly down to Destin and rent a car, and we're at, we're ranging anywhere from Pensacola out to, to uh, Apalachicola. Well, that'll be good. The uh, It's going to be hot. I was watching the weather this morning, and all the southern tier of states, uh, below Memphis, really, uh, but then all of Texas. Texas is going to be hot this week. Uh, it, it's, it can be a lot of heat down along the beach, but this is the time of year. It's hot down there. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going. We've got a lot of friends that are vacationing down there, and then we've got several friends that have places down there, so we're just kind of following what everybody else is doing. It's Marsha's birthday next week. And oh, good. So, yeah. Tell her happy birthday for her. Yeah, we're going to have a big time and, and play around, see some people, and you know, kind of stay off the beaten path. We tend to do that. Now, you mentioned you're flying. Yep. And what airlines are you flying? Uh, Allegiant. Allegiant. Yeah. A good deal? Yeah, it was, actually. I mean, we did the uh, I did the full-bore thing. I think it was advertised at $86 or something for round trip. But by wow. the time you... By the time you throw bags at it and boarding and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you wanted air. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wanted a seat on the airplane. Um, I actually wanted to pick the seat that I was sitting in and a few other things. And I mean, everybody knows what the game is these days, but I think we wound up at just just right at $200 a person. So I couldn't drive it for that. No, no you can't. And, and it, it would cost more than $400 worth of gas and tires. Just well, the good thing is it's a direct flight. Yep. And uh, where people are having problems is they're getting places in these big cities, uh, and they're getting oh, yeah. stuck there for days. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there were some people I heard last week, I mean, I'm talking about like last Monday or Tuesday, stuck in places, and they weren't going to be able to get out until after the 4th of July, which was Tuesday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Well, one of the big guys on, on CBS Morning News got trapped with his family out <laughs> west and couldn't get back to the show. Well, uh, yeah. which is the reason I always tell people, if you can find a, a travel agency that you know, and you guys are in addition to anything dive, you also, uh, you set up all your own tours. When yeah, you we guys... do, we do set up our own tours and, and with the addition of the dive ventures family, I mean, we've got I- extreme travel resources, but we have a travel agency over in Little Rock. You know, and one of the, you pay a little extra for a travel agent these days because it used to be that the airlines Took were, care of everything. were yeah. taking, the airline would give the travel agent a commission. Well, they stopped doing that so many, they many years They stopped doing ago. everything is yeah. what they've done. Yeah, they started adding on everything as an additional fee. So, you know, you'll pay $35 generally, I think is what people charge to, to print a ticket for you. But then if things go wrong... Yeah, this is you, where they come in handy. Yeah, this is where you call the travel agent. You know, sometimes it, if you're after hours, you're still kind of messed up, but you call the travel agent, and they've got resources that you can't get to. Um, you know, even on your computer, playing on your telephone, on the Internet, and that kind of stuff, there are things that travel agents can do uh, because they've got, they've got back-of-house access to the airline computers. That's what they're using to print tickets. 
So they can go and see where the planes are, where the scheduling hiccups are, where things are not right, and they can find those two empty seats on another carrier that are available, and they can usually push through a code share, which, you know, the airlines are reluctant to give up any revenue at all. So if you've got tickets on, let's just say Delta, and I'm completely making this up, yeah, but Let's say there's Delta has had some problems getting airplanes into your location because of weather elsewhere. But American didn't have any of those problems because their planes were coming from someplace else. And they've got a flight to Memphis. Well, Delta really doesn't want to give American the money no. to fly you back to Memphis. Which they used to. They used to say, let's check with some other airlines and see what we can do for you. But those days are gone. Well, they're they're kind of obligated to do that. And but they don't. Yeah, they don't <laughs> unless you push the point. Uh-huh. And if you don't know it's out there, you don't know. Then you don't know. I mean, you might be able to find it on the internet, but travel professionals deal with this kind of stuff every day. They deal with large groups of people moving around. And one of the things that happens, like when you're traveling, Lisa left this morning to get down to Curacao before her sixty people get down there what? tomorrow. Well, this is a dive trip. Dive trip going to Curacao. So we'll have 60 people, uh, you know, 50, 55 or so in airports tomorrow trying to get to Curacao. Well, we also. And they're coming from everywhere. They're coming Not from just all from over Memphis, the place. Yeah. yeah. So she's down there. Somebody gets a hiccup. They send her a note. She sends a note back to Omaha to the travel people in Omaha who are working. Um, and we start looking and scrambling. I mean, we've had to do things. We had a hurricane hit us one time when she was on her way to Honduras. So we had all these people stranded in Dallas and Houston trying to get to Honduras. There was a two-day delay just to make sure the weather got through and the hotel, the resort where we were going wasn't damaged and everything, but we managed to get that taken care of. We just had recently this summer, we we were doing a liveaboard down in the Bahamas, and four days before we left, Wednesday morning, we got a call that the boat was unable, it was out of service. It had to go into dry dock. So that Saturday, the people that still wanted to go left to go to Nassau with our, with our guide with them. Um, and they actually put this, most of it together themselves. They got an Airbnb in Nassau, went down there. We hooked them up with some diving. They dove. Um, the tour company that owned the boat gave each one of the people that were listed to go on that trip a voucher for a free trip in the future. So they wound up getting two trips for their investment, basically. Um, you know, and we were able, because of the changes in what went on in the, in the trip that they wound up in Nassau, we were able to give them some of their money on their first trip. Wow. So for the price of one trip, they got two plus a little money in their pocket to spend. Which none of which they would have gotten had they just done it all on their own. Unless they had insurance. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, and I highly recommend that if you're traveling these days with the weather that's going on, buy the insurance. Yeah, because it's really not much. I was surprised how inexpensive it was. Sure. Oh, yeah. And it, in, in most cases, provided you buy it before the weather is announced, then it's covered. Um, if you if you have a situation where you're planning to go on a trip to the Caymans, let's say, and a, a week out you find out there's a named hurricane that may hit the islands, well, if you don't have your insurance prior to them naming that storm, guess what? <laughs> you're too late. 
Um, so pay the, a little bit of extra money, get the insurance. It'll be well worth it on that on that one out of a hundred chances that your trip gets affected. Well, and also you you're able to know trends of things. What airlines are working very well right now, which ones aren't, and yeah. that doesn't get publicized until it's a major problem. Well, yeah, and there are, you can get out on government websites, you know, the FAA is, is telling people more about that. Um, you know, they've done some, some, you know, quite frankly, the current administration has done a little bit in that regard to kind of push the airlines towards taking better care of people. And um, so that, that's important. Um, if we were flying from Europe uh, and something goes wrong, they hold the airlines down on, under their thumb really? until they take care of people. Well, they should. I mean, it's a... Uh, and, I, and and so if Buddha Judge is doing that, then I'm all for him because uh, somebody needs to tell him. There, it, it, it is such a shame. I can remember flying in the early days when I was young. I remember Air Atlanta. Do you remember Air Atlanta? don't remember that one. It was an airline that was flying from here to uh, I don't know where else it flew. But uh, I flew them one time, and they had, when they bring you, and you got a full meal going to Atlanta. And it was not served on a tray with a, with a white linen uh, cloth yeah. on it. Uh, silver salt and paper uh, pepper shakers, and it was like uh, you know chicken marsalis. It yeah. was it wasn't a package of peanuts yeah. they threw at you. Yeah, back in the day. You yeah, know, these days you can barely get drink service oh. between here and Atlanta. In fact, we rode on a train, a little excursion train in Fort Worth when we were in Texas, and they even had a, a cart with all kinds of candy and cokes and stuff to drink. And this is on a on a trip to go see the Trinity River, you know. Yeah, so. I, well, I tell you what, if you ever have the opportunity to fly Air Singapore, I can highly recommend it. I have heard people. that. That oh, is probably the, unbelievable. That and the one from the a, uh, Arab Emirate yeah. Repo, that they're an exceptional flight, too. Just yeah. I ain't going to that part of the world right yeah. now. So. Fiji, Fiji Air has a really good service as well, uh, but uh, Singapore Air was just an, an incredible experience. I mean, it. when I got on the airplane, we were flying from Newark, um, to Frankfurt and then on to Singapore. And that was incredible. I mean, you get on the airplane, first thing they do is they grab your bag out of your hand and they put it in the compartment. Wow. <laughs> then they hand you a nice hot towel to kind of wipe your hands and face and so forth. And if any time during the flight you want anything, you ring a bell and they come and it's like, well, what would you like? A drink? Oh, well, yeah, I'd, I think I'd like something to drink. Well, do you want a mixed drink or do you want a soda? What do you want? Um, yeah, I think I'll take a Mai Tai. Okay, great. They go back and mix one. They don't pour it out of a can. Now, this is in coach now. Don't don't anybody get This is in coach. And then the next thing, you know, I'd like something to eat. So they go sweet or savory. Wow. And then they bring you a basket of choices, and, and you're allowed as many as you want to take. Wow. This is in coach. It's nice. Well, in fact, the trains in Europe, I understand, are great, too. I've never been over there, so they, they say the trains are... Uh, well, like they've it. got some pretty restrictive regulations with regards, like you can carry, I think it's 20 kilograms total, so you got a total baggage of 40 kg or something. Well, I don't know what that is. Anymore. Well, it's no, it's 20 kilograms is about 40 pounds, and oh. that's it. That That's all your luggage. Yeah. Your purse, your carry-on, your personal item, your check bags. Well, I'd have to leave Kathy at home, but I could go. <laughs> well, it's like, honey, I'm sorry, but I left that bag at the house. You're not overweight, but your luggage is. <laughs> uh, we're talking with Randy Wright, the dive shop. We're going to take a quick break and uh, come back and find out what else they've got going on this summer that you might be interested in. So stay with us. We'll be right back. 
And welcome back on a Friday afternoon. And Randy Wright with the Dive Shop is here with us. And uh, we were talking about travel, which is is an adventure again. Yeah, well, it, unfortunately, it's it's not the kind of adventure that, that we like to talk about when we're saying that. You know, with all the cancellations and weather issues, and, and there is a shortage of air traffic controllers, which is contributing to all that. And it's a big factor. Uh, yeah. my, my son uh, is is getting married in October, and they're going to um, to Arizona on their honeymoon. And so he paid extra to have have seats together because you know yeah. that oh, yeah. you can't just ask for that anymore. You, to get to get it guaranteed, you have to yeah. you know, pay extra, which he did. Then they were notified that they're changing the flight to that particular flight to that location on that day, and they were no longer together. And so I said, but you already paid for it. He goes, yeah. And I said, no, well, then you, you need to call the airline. But that that is something I think if he had booked it through you, that is something you guys would deal with. Yeah. Because he's just some guy calling up going. Yeah, through a travel agency, you're going to get better service than that. And they're capable of doing. The other thing is, you know, when you get to the airport, plead your case politely. Yeah. To the person at check-in, if they can't do anything for you, plead your case politely to the people at the desk when you get ready to board the plane. I have seen some things in my career of travel. Those people have a lot more power than you, than you, they let on, okay? So if there's a potential, I've seen things like in a situation like that where you got a newlywed couple, they got married yesterday for crying out loud, and now they've been separated on the airplane due to nothing, even though they paid extra. I've seen that result in the bump to first class. Yeah. And, you know, we can't, we can't, we don't have a, sorry, we don't have a spot for you in coach, but. But, hey, we'll take care of you. Yeah. And, you know. And you, don't tell Yeah, you don't tell little, anybody. Don't, <laughs> don't tell anybody. We were flying, um, to Turks, I think it was, we had a, a situation where we were trying to get to Turks and Caicos, and I had people that were willing to pay whatever it costs to move into first class. They had pre-purchased tickets that were no-change tickets, and they said, we don't care. We'll just buy new tickets. No can do. I mean, that, that Once air- you board the plane? No, this was before we oh, got on the oh, airplane wow. in Memphis, and it was just crazy. I mean, they we're going like, this is nuts, right? Um, so then... We get to the gate, and I had a friend traveling with who knew the gate agent. Right? Ah. So they were commiserating. They both recently built houses, and they were talking that sad story about all the extra <laughs> money and that kind of stuff. But he walked up to him and said, look, you know, we'd like to – can you move us up? And the guy goes, yeah, sure. He goes, well, I'm, we're traveling. My friend Randy's with us. Can you move him and his wife up? And he goes, yeah, no problem. So changes our seats, changes their seats. And then I said, I'd give my seat to mom because, you know, he goes, oh, no, we'll get your mom one, too. Five seats. Because you had, there's nobody, they were deadheaded yeah. in first class. Yeah. Randy Ryan, nice. Dive Shop, what's the number? The number is 901-763-DIVE. That's 763-3483, or come by and see us at 999 South Yates. And check out their travel agency. It could be well worth your time.